morning, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Dish Radio Show. I am Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And we are here with you on this Saturday. Happy St. Patrick's Day! Happy St. Patrick's Day. Are you already drunk, you guys? (laughs) (laughs) If you are, I mean, we must be. I guess there's that. Right, we're going to keep you laughing, hopefully. Or. Maybe you're headed toward the parade. I mean, it's there's three hours before the parade starts in St. Paul, but still. Awesome. I mean, you know, there are people out and about. I feel like I'm letting St. Paul down because usually, like, that's my hood and I'm, like, representing. And I have done a lot of St. Patrick's things in my life. Yeah. And St. Patrick's being on a weekend, St. Patrick's Day is always, like, high holiday. Yeah. I'm just not feeling it this year. But it's also not, I think that even, and it's true, if you live in St. Paul, you sort of get to be a little bit Irish. Yeah, but just because like, you live there. Yeah, but it's it's kind of funny. I don't, and plus I think you, I don't know, personally I believe you age out of the whole drinking so hard and so much. It's definitely for the younger kids. Uh, have I ever told there. you about working at the Heartthrob Cafe in St. Paul? Yes, but not specifically in for the what World you're about Trade to tell Center. Me. Across from Mickey's Diner, yeah. and I would have my poodle skirt on. And St. Patrick's Day, we would move all of the furniture out of the building. Uh-huh. And we would just stand at beer tubs. Yeah. And the line would begin at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. And we would go till 1.30 at night. All I had to do was stand at a beer trough in a small outfit. Yep. Uh, usually a bikini top and shorts. And open beer bottles, and I think I made like $410 one day. Yeah. It was yep. amazing. Yeah, my friend Karen did the same thing for champs. You know yeah, what I you mean? you just had to get your hot on. Yeah. I had to get probably an extra permanent wave that yeah. week. Because I always had the, I had really long hair, and at that time it wasn't curly, so I had perm rods, two per strand of hair. So just visualize what I looked like with my head. I couldn't even lift my head up out of the bowl by the time we were done. But I would get that real curly Care Bear 1985 way high hair. That's good. Give you that visual. Okay. Well, thank you and your green little leprechaun (laughs) outfit. I'll take it. It was always a fun day. Yeah, we never did. You know, I mean, I remember St. Patrick's Day being sort of like. You know, a crazy way of of just drinking a lot of beer, but like not having any feelings about the actual day. Do you know why the barbacks liked it at the heartthrob? Because it was the one day where there were so many people in there. If someone barfed, which always happened, yeah, it just kind of moved around. They didn't have to like it wasn't like barf in corner. <sighs> you know, it just kind of disappeared. Yeah. So we always laughed about that, too. We were like, oh, it's a good barback day. You don't have to clean up as much bar. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's definitely, you know, and, and someone who worked. I never worked in. Actually, I did. I worked at Molly Malone's, which is. And I was like, I didn't work at an Irish bar. Yeah, yes, did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. Molly Malone's, which, of course, became what hot dishes. And now it's just sort of sitting there. Yeah. Um, Sad. I know. Um, but it was sort of. Uh, it was sort of. Um, and that was, I never worked it on like the big day. So, it, yeah. I, you know, I worked as, I worked, I was the Sunday bartender. So I didn't get, to, I wasn't allowed to work the big money days. I but. will say someone mentioned to me yesterday that they were really feeling sadness about not being able to go to O'Gara's this year. I know. I said pour one out for O'Gara's because yeah. that, that is a, that is like, that is a, that's a hole in the universe on this day. Yeah. And it yeah. is coming back apparently, whether it'll ever be the same, like who knows. Yeah. Um, but Keg and Case is trying to step in and fill the void. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and other bars, certainly. Yeah. We'll talk about those in a little bit. We have a ton of things you can do just to, if you're looking to get out. Maybe not even things that are all green beer focused. Yeah. Do you want to hear a little bit about Mexico? I kind of do. That's what okay. I was going to say. Exactly. Perfect. So I went to Ixtapa and Ziwa Nejo. Ixtapa is kind of the hotel side. And then Ziwa is what they call it. It's the fishing village part. Mm-hmm. And I've been there like four times. It's very lovely. I highly recommend it. I think one of the highlights that you'll appreciate was being in the town of Ziwa, uh, which is a real functioning town. Like it's a fishing village. People are really bringing in their fish. It's and not just a tourist spot, no, you're saying. No. And we're sitting, we're walking and we're going to, I'm with my mother-in-law who's 86. So I'm holding her arm and we're going to go to dinner and we're kind of walking down this like street. And I hear this, Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. And I kind of turn and there's this woman walking towards me and she goes, it's Mary from Hugo. Oh, Mary from Hugo, Minnesota walked past, heard me talking and then kept walking and then like thought better of it, turned and walked back. We took a picture. I met Mary's from Hugo's husband. I know she's listening. Um, they rent a condo there. They have these like inexpensive hotels and condos that people rent for like six to eight weeks to get away for the winter. Yeah. And she's one of those people. Wow. And she was like, I cannot believe you're here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So Mary from Hugo. Way I, to go, I Mary from ya. Hugo. Yep. Um, we went, so we had a, we rented a house that the house comes with the house cleaner and someone who maintains the house and she's the cook. Yeah. And you tell her like what you want her to cook that day. And if you want a three course meal, if you want breakfast, lunch and dinner, she'll do it. But that's a lot of food, right? Yeah. So we would be like breakfast this day, lunch that day. And we would always figure out dinner. I just got like such a bird's eye view of what it's like to cook in Mexico with her. Yeah. And she's probably 55, maybe 60. She's worked at this house for 20 years. So every day we had either super salad. This was lunch. You'd yeah. have super salad as the first course. And soups were like cream soups, but they were made with evaporated milk because they don't really have like a lot of dairy. No, there. and they don't have like refrigerators. Yeah. To keep dairy. So she would reconstitute like mushrooms and made like this mushroom soup. She would use the squash blossoms and made like a squash soup with squash blossoms, which was really interesting. Um. They use meat as a side dish. Like it is beans, it is rice, it is vegetable forward. And then the meat is like a little bit or the meat is part of the decoration of the dish. Mm -hmm. But you're never really like eating a lot of meat unless it's fish. One day she made the most beautiful, like I guess they're Marlin steaks with she made a caper butter with all things that were in cans right yeah yeah capers um some lime butter and um some of the brine from the capers and then green olives that were also in brine like and just watching her make this delicious fresh lovely sauce that was from all canned stuff Mm -hmm. was really interesting i watched her make tortillas and you at home, you make tortillas here with like masa, which is the corn flour that has the lime already mixed into it. They are never the same. And what I watched her do is they reconstitute the corn there and then they grind it like yeah. in a sausage grinder. Oh, so it makes like this kind of mealy paste. Yeah. And they don't add lard to it or flour or anything. They just pat, pat. it out. And I watched her pat 
they say that you make like your ball and then you kind of smush it. So it's the beginning of the the tortilla. But if it starts to crack on the edge, they stop and start and kneading it. it again because it means that when they flatten it more with their, it's gonna it's gonna break apart. Yeah, and they don't like smush it between their hands. They use the fat parts of their the heel. Yeah, it's and the heel they of kind of bang it between the heel, so it's almost mounded in the middle until the very end. They'll give that a pat or two to smush it down. Huh. And it was just I and I watched her do it a lot. And did I did you do it? Some. I was going to say, yeah, did I she did. show you to? And like yep. you got to play along. And I could get it right. They weren't as thin as hers. And I don't know if I can ever redo that. So one of my experiments, I got home and I bought a thing of pozole from Rancho Gordo. Yeah, which is basically dried corn. Yeah. So I thought I might kind of try. Yeah. Because you can buy uh, powdered lime mm-hmm. at um, El Burrito and those kind of places. So. I might give that a go. Hmm. Um, but so you'd have the soup and the salad and then you'd have like this full on course of food. And then she always made dessert. Like so at lunch, she was making a lot of gelatin pies. So it was uh, blended fruit, gelatin, cream cheese, <laughs> and then in like a graham cracker crust. Yeah. And it doesn't sound awesome, but it was great. And like you're something your mom would make in the 70s. Like we had a strawberry pie. We had a lime pie. She made the best coconut flan from real coconut. Yeah. Like I watched her broil it and shave it and then cook it down. It was really um, great just to like experience her cooking and to watch her. It was fun. Every day she came and I would just be sitting in the kitchen. And then she... (laughs) She would serve it and it's a formal setting, you know, it's like, it's the bottom plate, it's the salad plate, it's the soup bowl. And then every day she'd make a uh, agua fresca, which oh. would be basically fruit, grind it up in a blender. And then some of them she would serve just like that. Others you'd have to put through a sieve to get some of the bigger Pulpy, yeah. stuff out. Um, the best one that I loved was a um, star fruit. Carambola. Yeah. Yeah. She ground that up and it was kind of tart. Yeah. They then, so then they put the water, the juice mixture, and then she'd usually put like anywhere from four to eight tablespoons of sugar. Oh. Watermelon. But if you think about it, that seems like a lot of sugar. Yeah. But if you think about it, that the pitcher was going to give you probably six glasses. Yeah. Then it's not that much sugar yeah. per serving compared to like soft drinks. You probably and don't even have to put sugar. Some of them you didn't. The watermelon one, she didn't. Yeah. She made a mint lime water. Yeah. That was amazing. They have fruit there that we don't have here. So I can't really describe. They were like almost the combination between a pear and an apple. That was really good. And then, of course, there'd always be a little juice left over. So Hansen would... Put a little rum in there. A little gin, and have, gin time. I would have rummed it up. Rummed it up. It was rum. It was great though. Oh, good. So yeah, it was super fun. That is and, a lovely vacation moment. Yeah, and we had family meals because I was there with my mother-in-law, so we didn't always have to like get dressed up and to go, go into to town and, and what take do you a cab. This yeah. is bad. What are you getting? Yep. I mean, it's kind of nice to have a thing that's sitting there. It's fresh. It's simple. It was nice. It's not a production. Yeah, and oh, there's not I a lot of cheese that. there. Oh, Seth, I did go to a cheese factory though. Oh, you did? Yep, and they have like three kinds of cheese. There's a dry cheese. There's the cotilla cheese. Did yes. I say it right? Well done. <laughs> And then there's like a goat cheese, but it's not goat, it's cow. They don't use goats there. They Everything is from cows. Yeah. it's They eat the goats. <laughs> but Cabrito. I asked her about that. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it's a regional thing. It's, yeah. They may not be where you are, but that's That's right. Because mostly where we are is fish. Yeah, fish. fish uh, well, I'm so glad. It was a lovely looking trip. It look, I, I got a little bit jealous of your toe shots. 
But I will tell you, I did go to Baja House last night and have a margarita because I knew that I was... Oh, <laughs> yum! I was totally dying for, like, spring and the feeling of all of it. So I went and had a margarita and some mezcal and some queso because, you know, that's how you do it. Mezcal's huge there. I know. Oh, I wondered about... Yeah, well, that's the area. Yeah, it's huge. It's like that is the, the production area, as you want now, and then over into, like, the... the uh, Ixtapa area. Everywhere you go, they want you to try it too. Yeah. They're like, well, because it's honestly the mezcal production has been a boon for small towns because the small towns are the ones who do the family, you know, the family mm-hmm. farms who are doing it, and they have made so much money off it. They can, they can build libraries. Like, like that, that is literally what's happening. So when you're drinking mezcal, I mean, I don't know if it's every mezcal, but. <clears throat> The drinking of mezcal helps small towns So in Mexico. So think I of that. I love it. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to The Weekly Dish. And we are still looking for sponsors. If there's anybody listening um, or if you want to advertise, just give us a shout. We will hook you up. It's a great place to do so uh, when we say to go buy stuff, people do. So if you want to uh, <laughs> stick around, we're going to talk about St. Patrick's Day next. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this day. And happy St. Patrick's Day. That's not an accent of the any... look at the Irish. A look at the Irish. May the road rise up to hit ya, or something like that. To meet ya. That's ya. pretty good. To meet ya. That's pretty good. Two people shorten the road. Um, what is the Lucky Charms guy? He would say <laughs> the magical. <laughs> <laughs> That's your reference? Yeah. He's a rep- he is the most famous leprechaun, um, don't you think? He would... What did he say? I'll figure it out. Uh... Like, don't mess with me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that you're desperately Googling like Lucky They're Charms. They're magically delicious. They're That's magically delicious, say. yes. Um, I will say there is something about St. Patrick's Day that makes everybody A, be Irish, or find some nugget of Irish heritage. And I'm sure if you did the 23andMe, you could find some <laughs> little oh, yeah. bit of Irish heritage in your body. But um, my you know. freckles, huh? Like, I, I have know. so many freckles. I look like I would be Irish. You could be. You That's... did have redder hair at one time. Yeah, I used to dye it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that would work out. You know. Um, that's a good thing. I know. So happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody who celebrates and who are serious because there are people who are serious about it. Yes. I mean, like serious. Like all weekend long, they have their game plan out. I like it. I know. Do you ever go to the parades? I'm glad it's the, that the only thing they have out is their game. <laughs> well, as far as we Sorry, know. I couldn't resist. Yeah, well, that's your that's your thing. So, uh, but I will. There's a lot of uh, remember the year that it was 80 degrees. I remember that year Everyone so well. And it year. was the best St. Patrick's Day yes. ever. I remember because the Miller would do the free buses. It's free buses now. Okay, so free buses. Yeah. Way to go. Thank you, Miller Beer. And so everybody was standing out in their bikinis taking the buses. Right. Yeah, no, there's free transportation on uh, MTC buses, St. Paul, Minneapolis. Metro Uh, Transit. Yeah, Metro Transit. And so use use that if you need to because that is... Safe. Don't drive. Yeah, don't drive. <laughs> I'm be already safe. like, I was, the kid was going to be driving on the road today, and I was like, maybe if we're, it's later, I'm going to say no. I yeah, don't know. We'll see. We're going to see. Is Cole Cannon Irish? Yes. And I think I know about that from you a few years ago. It's really just mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes with cabbage. But, oh, you know how we, we talked about it, I think, with Jack Rabel when he was um, doing, what was that bar that he helped reconcept? Oh, Patty Shack. Patty Shack, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cole Cannon is Irish potatoes, mashed potatoes with kale or cabbage. Yeah. So So eat your Cole Cannon. Yeah, that's we used to eat that at, like when I said at Molly Malone's when I was bartending there, um, we used to eat that on Sunday mornings and box tea, which is like a little potato thing. 
um, you know, like in a little potato casserole. cake. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, of course, you have your uh, corned beef and your Irish, you know, and your, um, yeah, corned beef and then Irish stew. And Can we talk about corned beef a minute? And sure. I'm going to ask all the questions that people want to ask, but they don't. Okay. Corned beef. I'm going to switch. So now we're going to talk about the food. Okay. Because <laughs> corned beef looks like brisket. It, corning is, it a, is a curing process. Okay, that's all you need to know. Is corning is another corning is another word for curing. And is that what makes it pink? Because it yes. is the same cut of meat as well, beef brisket, right? Uh, I think so. I I wouldn't say. I mean, um, I feel like that's right. I just don't want to say yes. I understand. Okay, but there's um, corned beef is basically well. The, so there's the salt, the pink salt that you're not pink salt, not basic pink salt, but there's special uh, salt that you use. You can buy from the butcher to make it. And it's, um, but it's basically, yeah, it's curing it, you know, in that way you can get it at village meats. I got some of the, and I'm running out of the words for the, what it is, the but, pickled seasoning. Yeah. It's so, more than that, but it's, it's, um, but it's basically, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that corned beef is the curing seasoning method that you're talking about with yes. the packet of seasonings. Yes. Brisket refers to the cut of meat. Yes. And the most common cut of beef to be corned is brisket. Is beef brisket. Right. Right. But not all corned beef is brisket. Right. And not so, all brisket is, is corned, corned beef. beef. Exactly. Exactly. And so <laughs> boom, the, boom. the yeah. I'm on a roll. You today, are folks. on a roll today. <laughs> Woo. So the 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 term corning comes from the large grained rock salt, which those were referred to as corns of salt. Oh, okay. When they're larger grain rock salts, so um, yeah, it's the it's it's the they convert to the beef, the myoglobin in beef. To this is where I don't know these words, but I was going to say them: nitrosomyoglobin, and that's what turns it into the pink color. Do you like corned beef? I do. I like corned beef. It's just cured. You know what I mean? It's like a pastrami. There's not pastrami is a different type of corned beef, if you will, like cured and stuff. Oh, wow. I just put two and two together there. I hadn't thought of that before. That pastrami is just corned beef. Yeah. So when you order corned beef sandwich. But it's a different pastrami has a different like usually um, pastrami has a different flavor like mix. Got it. You know what I mean? So it's a different process of corning, but it's still... So a pastrami is smoked also Got after it. curing. So Got that's it. the deal. So it's like curing and corning isn't. Pastrami is usually cured with a dry rub, corned beef with a brine. Got that's it. the difference. Okay, so let's get that straight. Okay. So yeah. there's Pastrami dry, yes, corn wet. Exactly. There it is. That's good. Yeah, and brisket is used for both. Okay. Okay. I, 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 this is a really dumb response and you're going to be like what are you even saying but something about the pinkness of the meat like eating pink meat is kind of gross but i eat a raw steak or a medium rare steak and i eat steak tartare so it makes no sense it makes no sense i know it's just one of those things like if you think about it for me for me like seeing like when you get a piece of roast roast beef and it's like gray really brown and gray that is grosser to me than any pink thing could be i know roast beef is kind of in a category of its own it is isn't that funny delicious but it can be gross or delicious what about um what about okay so do you i just want you to know that you don't have to drink jameson on saint patrick's day you can if you want to because it is a good whiskey but i want to point you in the direction of teeling which is a better whiskey that I would love you to go try. If you're into Irish whiskey and you want to give it a shot, uh, France 44, by the way, has a kind of a deal on 
on some of the good stuff. $32, $33 for a small batch Irish whiskey from Teeling. Oh. I really love their all. It's actually, Teeling was one of the first small batch new you know versions of uh, Irish whiskey makers in Ireland. Okay. That has kind of like really caught on. Um, it's got enough vanilla in it to sort of give it a little bit of a sweet edge that it's not sweet, but you know, it kind of rounds it out. It softens it. Yep. Um, and it's, uh, it's just lovely. So if you see teeling out there, if you're done with Jameson is beautiful, but it can be a bit sharp. This is just a little softer. Okay. That's how I would say it. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about all the things Irish and how do you cook corned beef? We're going to talk about that when we come back on the weekly dish. Is it unprofessional to open the microphone and just keep laughing? It might be. Uh, I think hi. one of our podcasts should be where we just leave the uh, tape running in between the sessions, between the vi- the microphones. Yeah, it could be. And if you're wondering about the podcast, because there appears to be a lot of confusion about it, it's not that confusing. Oh, was there confusion? Well, you go to uh, your favorite place where you get your podcast, whether it's Podcast One or Stitcher or Apple, and you subscribe to Weekly Dish. And you will get the podcast every week. You'll get hour one of the broadcast and hour two of the broadcast. Sometimes we break out the top two and hour two or separate little pieces of the podcast to make it a little more digestible. Mm-hmm. And then the best part is you get the second helpings, which is other content, other audio content that Stephanie and I do that is not things that you've heard on the weekly dish. So it's brand new and exclusive to you only if you follow us and subscribe on your favorite podcast. Can they just, can you pop in and hear the second helpings anywhere though? Mm-hmm. I mean like you, you, if you don't subscribe, can you still listen to you it? You can, you can okay. pull it up on iTunes or radio FM or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts okay. and you can just click on that one and listen to that one okay. on your desktop, on your iPhone, wherever. Okay. Just to making sure that, so in case people don't have subscription things. Yeah. Cause you've, you did, um, uh, you've done, some good so we've talked to different chefs yeah. on that and it's fun yeah all right, all right. so How back to this corn beef? <laughs> we have we, this was a this is a detour but it's a worthy detour i think um let's talk about the fact that let's just get down to it i just pulled up some interesting just a good primer about the difference between corned beef pastrami and montreal smoked meat which is a lot of things that's kind of one of the newer fascinating things that people are are finding and making corned beef is made from brisket which comes from the lower you know the chest of a cow the meat is first brined in a liquid that traditionally includes salt sugar black pepper cloves bay leaves dill and juniper berries okay Okay. so after the meat brines after it sits and cures for a small for amount of time it is then boiled and then finished corned beef relies heavily on the initial seasoning as the source of most of its flavor so it's boiled okay. after it's brined. Um, corned beef is most commonly said used as a Reuben or a, with cabbage on St. Patrick's Day. Now, pastrami uh, is usually made uh, is obviously some. It's, they said it's traditionally made with pork, but now um, it's definitely much more uh, of a brisket. It's made from the beef navel. It says which comes from the larger cut known. Ooh. I know that sounds real gross, but it's still beef belly, and bellies okay. are always good. Uh, so it's compared to the neighboring brisket, the navel is denser and more fatty cut while also being less stringy, which presu- produces a more luxurious final product, if you think about it that way. Is All that right. okay for you to think about that? Yeah, I'm still <laughs> thinking about navel, navel but okay. I know. Uh, so pastrami undergoes a similar brining process to corned beef, but rather than boiling it, pastrami is re-seasoned with a spice mixture that is similar to what is used in the brine, and then it's smoked. 
Okay. So pastrami is definitely smokier, but it's also got more spice than maybe corned beef. All right. So that's kind of an important thing. So once it's done smoking, pastrami is most often served in a sandwich, you know, or that's how that's done, right? Montreal smoked meats uh, is just sort of a hybrid of both, it looks like, much like the two American-style smoked meats, which is made from brisket, is first brined before smoked. The difference, though, is the flavoring of the seasoning itself. So while both pastrami and smoked meat utilize black pepper, coriander, garlic, and mustard, smoked meat usually uses less sugar during the curing, um, but it's it's traditionally more of a sandwich meat. Okay. So that's kind of the deal about that. That's mostly Montreal and Quebec and all that stuff. That's the Joe Beef thing. But then, you know, that kind of sort of has a lot of chefs talk about smoked meats. Okay. And that's what they're talking about. All right. So you get your corned beef sitch. How do you cook it? Is it slow cooked? Are you cooking it in your crock pod? What do you do with it? What are you talking about? You mean if it's already been corned? Yeah. I mean, like it's already cured. Don't you You're buy saying- it like... Mostly corned, usually. Well, then it's just ready to go. You just heat it up. Yeah. Oh, so it's yeah, just... it's. I mean, like, there's. You can buy at Lunds right now. They have the packs with the brine in it, and yep. it tells you how to boil it and everything else, so that it's just a raw. So, like, it's already been. It's been brining, and then you do the boiling session. Got it. And then that brings it to a fully cooked. But then you just buy. A lot of people just buy hunks of corned beef. You know what I mean? That's already yep. done. So. Okay. I think that's just if you want it warm, then you warm it up. If you want to slice it, you just slice it. Okay. Yeah. I would think that would be what things. But there's, I mean, if you want to smoke it, I would like, I would wonder if anybody has smoked, done the pastrami part of it. Oh, and I'm done sure. the smoking locally. I just don't feel like I've seen a lot of people like, yeah, I got my pastrami out of the, out of the smoker. It's funny. I don't think that, but they call it's brisket. But then it's the curing process beforehand. I mean, think about that. Think of all the dudes we see doing their green eggs and their smokies. I don't know if I've ever seen anyone do a pastrami. Um, Don't tell Kurt, but that's what I'm going to get him for Father's Day. I thought you already did. No, I've been talking about it, but I'm really going to do it now. Okay, because you've been talking about it for years. I know. Actually, that's not true. We had a smoker that was like a wood chip one. Yeah. And it just didn't feel super safe. Because we're in a place where we have to be really careful about fire. So we're going to go back to the electric smoker. Okay. Um, A couple other things if you want to cook for St. Patrick's Day without making a big deal about it. Um, I think I'm going to put up uh, Modern Farmette's Irish cream recipe again because that is just... (laughs) Making your own Baileys is life-changing, people. You guys, it is... I cannot go back. I I cannot go back to buying a bottle of Baileys. Because when you make it on your own, it is like... It is so good. It's so much better, too. It's so much better. And you can whip it into ice cream. You Our can, friendly Satimic oh, turned us on to it. God. And now we're never going back. Never going back. And the modern farm at Iman McDonald, who is a friend of ours, who lives in Ireland on an Irish farm. Uh, her recipe to me is the best ever. So I'll put that back up onto the old website, too. Um, here's the other thing I, I am going to make. And this is not really Irish, but it's just one of those things that since it's the time, I'm going to be making the Guinness chocolate cake. Oh, that's a great chocolate yeah, cake. Yeah, a Guinness Stout so chocolate moist. cake. Moist. Yes. Moist. Very, very moist. It's moist. And it's got, I like to do a little bit of Irish cream into, whipped into the buttercream, into the frosting on top. Yum. And then that makes it even better. So, of course. I know. So that's, I mean, and I don't know, there's not much other. When are you going to make it? I think I'm going to make that on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, because tomorrow today's already gone as far as I'm Yeah, concerned. I know you have a lot of things it's happening. It's 9.40 in the morning and it's already, the day I feel like is already gone. But um, I, and speaking of which, as far as like celebrating the day, if you want to get out about and do things for St. Patty's, of course, there's the parades, noon in St. Paul, 6.30 in Minneapolis, I think. Um, and there's shuttles in between. 
If you are on your way looking for breakfast first, Irish breakfast at Gabe's in the park. They have a traditional Irish breakfast. They've got bagpipers, everything there. They have a free shuttle to the St. Paul Parade. Oh, nice. So if you're feeling like you want to land somewhere there. So I think so does Bennett's Chop House. They're doing, they've turned into O. Bennett's. But basically, (laughs) it's hard to run into a bar that isn't an Irish bar. Particularly in St. Paul. Yeah. But um, if you're looking to kind of go a little bit left of center, uh, Jake and I will be headed to Bauhaus Brew Labs because they are celebrating a different kind of day. They are celebrating St. Patrick's Swayze Day. And oh, so, is that where that came from? That's yes. funny. Yes. So we will be not putting anybody in a corner and having <laughs> Gerhardt's Bratz, which is a favorite in, you know, kind of raising a not green beer and uh, sort of reveling in that for a little bit. And there's a couple other things like uh, Headflyer Brewing is doing St. Yappy. They're having a, a St. Patty's Day Yappy Hour. Cute. Bring With your dogs. dogs. Yep. So, I mean, a lot of people get tired by the big masses of humans and craziness. So there's a lot of fun stuff you can still do on the outside of it. We have a huge list of fun things over on MSPMag.com, by the way. I want St. Patrick's Swayze Day to happen every year. Do you? I love that holiday. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, that's, I mean, it's just them deciding to do it. So they're going to be screening, you know, basically they have screens, screening of all the movies and everything else. So if we can catch Point Break, that will be the best. That's a good movie. We are literally, uh, uh, what is the, um, the one in the Canadian mountains, the one where the kids band together. Oh, God, are you cutting Red Dawn? Thank you. Red Dawn is one of my. And first- what do they say? They scream. Um, they say- Wolverines! Wolverines. That's what it is. I was. Yes. That was a two minute brain lapse trying to let's, get to the word Wolverine. Let's just go over some of the amazing <laughs> movies you might be able to see with Patrick Swayze. Besides, obviously, Dirty Dancing and Ghost, which I have not. What a big is fan Roadhouse? Of Roadhouse. <laughs> exactly. Another good one. Okay, how about an ensemble cast of young, fresh faces? Tom Cruise. See Thomas uh, Lost, Howell. What was that? Lost Boys. The Outsiders. Uh, Outsiders. There yes. you go. Oh, that was a great movie. Uh huh. That's How, a great book. Too. I know. I know. S. E. Hinton. Um, here's one that you won't know. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember this one? Uh, Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Oh yes. Did you see? Oh that yes. One? And what is it? Princess, the Priscilla, Queen of the Night. He's in he that too, in isn't he? Queen of the Desert. No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of too long food, Julie Newmar. Then. I think that's what you're thinking. Yeah. Right. But then what about this classic one, which I can't believe is not on here. Hockey movie, Rob Lowe, Youngblood. Oh yeah. I was going to say Slapshot, nope. but that was before Youngblood. his time. I know. So yeah. So, and maybe even next of, next of kin, which was, you know, him as a sort of a, I don't remember. That was fun when I watched that one. Anyway, that's all being uh, that's all being screened at uh, Bauhaus Brew Labs this afternoon. So there's lots of things. We have a little uh, run around on MSPMag.com, you guys, by the way, that says where to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. You know, bef- between yoga and music and fine dining dinners and all the yeah, things. Yeah, because nothing says St. Patrick's Day like yoga. Not, yoga. <laughs> yoga is everywhere. If there's beer anywhere mentioned, yoga is a part of it now. Uh, okay, fine. That's true. Fine. I, I don't make the rules on this. Fine, I said. Fine, it's magically delicious. I could do an entire website on yoga and beer together. That's excellent. Yeah. We've arrived. There you go. Ask Stephanie next. You can tell us what you're doing for St. Patrick's Day or how you corn your beef at 651. (laughs) That's all you wanted to do this for. 641-1071. Or you can find us on Twitter at Stephanie's Dish, at Steph March. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us anywhere. Just find us. Nothing makes you feel jazzier than little Sean Mendez. I love that kid. Do ya? Yeah, he's so cute and such a good little t-
top 40 singer. Top 40? <laughs> top, top 40? Did I say 40? You said top 40, which is cute because it's kind of sweet. And who even knows what the top 40 is unless, like, Hope, you're a young woman. Do you right. know what the top 40 is? The, I mean, like, mostly the pop music that's out. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't know. I can't list all the top 40 songs, no. But you know when someone says, like, I know you it mean. used to be a show. The weekly oh. top 40. Well, it doesn't rain. Does well, still do it? I don't know. I'm sure there's some similar way of yeah. them listing the top 40. Yes. <laughs> All right. But Casey Kasem's weekly top 40 is pretty epic. If yeah. you ever get a chance to listen to a year of old ones, pretty fun. All right. We do have some calls. It's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. 651-641-1071. Um, we got a couple of emails here. You can call in and we'll take you live on the air. This is from Kim. Where is the best place to buy ready-to-eat corned beef? I might just buy a chunk, cut it in cubes, and saute that. I saw it on the Today Show yesterday, and that looked tasty. Oh. And by the way, that's like corned beef hash. Yeah. Well, if you, yeah, if you chunk, if you chunk it into potatoes or mm-hmm. anything like that, that's good. Or and make delicious. it into, yeah, yeah, saute it, even throw it in some pasta. I don't know. Did your, like, family ever make you the corned beef hash in the can? No. Oh, my God. No. It is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen in your whole life. It's basically like feeding you Alpo. Oh. It's horrible. In a can, huh? Yes. And it comes okay. out like in so the like shape a of the can. Like a stew kind of thing? Or? Except it comes out in the shape of a can with the gelatin. Mm. It's disgusting. Okay. Okay. On and on. Moving on. Uh, okay. Next question. Uh, well, we, she asked where to buy it. Where yeah. To, so yep. I would say that you, I mean, you can go to Kowalski's, you can go to Lund's and Byerly's. They have a pack. They have them in the meat section where you can just pick them up and then you can, you know, you're going to, I think they have the ones that have the ones that you want to boil, but they also have, you know, if you can go and get uh, big hunks of it, you can go to the butchers, you can go to village meats. I know that they have some too. I don't know who's Von. I don't know who the butchers are around town that are like. Von Hansen's. Is it Von Hansen's? Yeah. Yes, I couldn't Sam's remember. Sam's Club has it in the meat section. I mean, pretty have much everybody it? has it. I have. Okay. I haven't um, seen any, but I haven't been looking. Next question. How do you cook corned beef in a crock pot? And is that a good way to cook it? Um. Yeah. You know what? Here's the deal. Like, it's too late to corn your own beef. You're like, you're not doing the brining process. So don't think about going out and getting a brisket and you're going to brine it and then have it later. But you'll pick up the ones that are already brined and then you couldn't cook it in an instant pot or a slow cooker or the oven or however you want to do it. Um, there's if you do it in the crock pot. Uh, there is, there's pressure cooker versions online. There's crock pot. Instant pot. Instant pot. You basically, if you're going to slow cook it and you want to do cabbage and all the rest of that stuff with it, you feel free. It's, you barely cover the meat in that case. You get water in there or other, uh, you know, liquids and you get it to almost cover and then you cook it for a couple hours. In the instant pot, I would have to look up. In fact, I will look that up. Yeah. Put go it on ahead. The, While you're looking that up, I want to remind you. If you still want Instant Pots, I was actually at the Salvation Army downtown, the one that, that always closes out the Target merchandise, um, kind of off of the North Loop. They had a whole row of Instant Pots, the small ones for $40, the bigger ones for $60. And the, you feel okay with recommending those kind of things? Absolutely. It's already, it's been opened, it's been returned, whatever, but it, they'll take it back if you bring it home and it doesn't work. Yeah, I, I almost bought another one. Oh, but yeah. then I was like, how many Instant Pots can one woman have? You really, really too don't many. need. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm on an Instant Pot diet. Yes. 
Okay. So quickly, the Instant Pot. I mean, I'll, I'll put this on the Weekly Dish Instant Potters group, and you guys can see it there if you join up. That's the Facebook page that's like 4,800 people strong of all giving you Instant Pot 5, recommendations yeah. and telling you recipes they cooked. It's a really great group. Yeah. Um, and basically, you guys, it's pretty easy. You take the the brined you know, brisket, the corned beef brisket um, that will have either, it'll either have a spice packet with it or the spices will be in the mix of the brine. You just dump it Mm -hmm. all in there. And then they're saying add a couple more garlic cloves if you want. Um, Put in some potatoes, some cabbage, some baby carrots uh, and four cups of water. This is for a two to three pound corned beef brisket. And you put it into the Instant Pot with the four cups of water um, and I, I like the idea of also using the trivet, like put it on the rack so yep. that it doesn't stick to the bottom. 90 minutes um, on the meat or stew setting or high pressure for 90 minutes. Either one of those will work. And then it says once time is up, quick release. Because you don't, you know, that's a big thing with meats that so they don't get too fatty and or yep. don't get too tough. Quick release for meats. So that's it. Six four one one zero seven one. if you want to weigh in or you want to just like say... They're magically delicious. Magically delicious. (laughs) Give us your... um, Can you just talk a little bit? I noticed on the Second Helpings podcast that's on the Weekly Dish podcast channel that you did a Lay's taste test without me. I did. I'm a little upset by that. I know you were. I'm trying to contain my tears. But you were on a beach and I had to to say, you know what? You're on a beach. I'm moving on. And I'm in snowstorms. So (laughs) I'm I'm, going to take the potatoes. Which three flavors did you test? Uh, We did try the electric lime and salt. Yum. No. Oh, (laughs) it sounds good. No. Uh, it does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, because I love those lime tostitos. Right. Um, it tastes like a lime popsicle has been melted over your potato chip. Oh, that's disgusting. It's like sweet lime. Gross. And, and just to be clear, this is with my friends John and Kelly, and we were at Back Channel Brewing when we did it, and people would come over and try the chips <laughs> at our table because they're like, wow, you guys got a lot of chips. We're like, come on in! <laughs> and your- it was a pretty unanimous decision that nobody liked the lime ones. Okay. Uh, the other ones, we did beer cheese, and those were good. They just yeah. tasted cheesy, cheese though. Cheese powder's good. It kind of, it's cheese powder. I don't know what made it beer cheese, but it was cheese. Uh, and then the last one was the fiery pickle. It was like a fiery hot pickle chip. That sounds delicious. It was excellent. Yeah, I can totally see that being delicious. It was 100. It was totally 100. We were very much happy for it. Okay. Okay. It's on. It's on. <laughs> we have Diane on the line who wants to ask a question. Hi, Diane. Hi. How are you doing? I'm telling about how to cook the the, uh, corned beef. Okay, did you have a question? No, I'll tell you what I did. Um, I baked it this time. You did. And it said on the package that to add the contents of the whole package, that means the jelly stuff and things like that. Yep. And I did, and it was really salty. Really, really salty. Huh. So, and you you put an inch of water in the bottom. You cook it for 50 minutes a pound. So if you're going to cook it, you know, give yourself some hour, some good hours. And that was just with the meat, just with the meat. So All right. I don't think I'll ever do that again. Do you I know which, I'll... do you know what kind? Thanks, I mean, Diane. Yeah. Also, if there was no wetness in it, so then the, the, the spices might have been concentrated by the baking without the salinity of the water. Potentially, yep. yeah. And I, I did put an inch of water then, but I would definitely not put the, the gelled part of it ever in again unless you put more water yeah. and then take out the pre- or the corned beef and then cook your vegetables 
in that water. Thank you, Diane. Good call. All right, we'll be back for hour two in just a minute.